podcast dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Today, we're revealing our spring semester selections, events, and goals. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Sarah. I'm really excited to share. It's always a little nerve-wracking to share Mm -hmm. our lineup um, because I know people have things they want us to cover (laughs) and they're waiting for them, but it's also always really an exciting episode to drop. Yeah, this is this is fun. And I don't know, because we frame these as semesters, I get that new school year feeling even at this time of the year then, which is really fun. Yeah, that is super fun. So after our J-term, in which we're discussing Langston Hughes, we are launching our spring semester. Chelsea, do we want to just share that up front or do we want to talk at all about podcast goals, et cetera, before we, before we reveal. I think we better not keep people waiting. All right. <laughs> They're going to be yelling in the car at us. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Um, so for our spring semester, we are exploring classics in children's literature. And this semester, I think we've toyed with doing children's lit just one-offs in the past, but I don't know. I'm excited about putting it all into conversation with each other. And so when we shifted our format a little bit and went to our semester model, it just felt like the right time to explore some of these foundational texts. Yeah. I think it will be uh, really surprisingly educational. Like I think Um, it's easy to think children's lit and, oh, it's, it's easier to read, which is partly true. I think children's classics are certainly easier to read than War and Peace, for instance. Um, but I think that it is going to be, uh, surprisingly full of the critical analysis that you know and love from novel pairings and from classics club. So I'm thrilled about this. I also think spring is a great time to get into children's literature. We have we have themes within the theme, and I think that that will help break it down because this spring semester crosses four months. Um, and so I think having those theme within a theme um, just to like break up the structure a little bit will really help as well. And I think that we're going to have a lot of favorites for people in here. I think it's going to be lovely to revisit a lot of these classics that we've read as kids uh, and that we still find merit in reading as adults. So I, I'm excited. I'm also excited to explore more of the world of contemporary kid lit, which of course we will end up doing as almost like a little side project because of pairings. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, because I have a feeling that there are going to be a lot of people who are super excited about this and some listeners who might be apprehensive, like they don't Mm want to spend four months just thinking about, um, middle grade or kid lit or YA or whatever we want to want to call this. I think one thing that I'm particularly excited about is going into the kid lit archives, the classics of children's literature. 
I think we're going to see maybe even some more obvious connections and nods between contemporary books and these classics than we even do with adult literature. It just feels like children's literature is very much this interconnected web. And I'm really excited to explore that both within the classics themselves and in the pairings we bring in. And also, I'm at least not planning on all of my pairings being kid lit or middle grade. I'm excited to explore contemporary kid lit and middle grade and YA to bring fresh voices to the podcast. But I'm also excited to think about maybe some of the adult novels that have roots in some of these children's classics or that that readers who fell in love with these books when they were little might enjoy these novels as as adults. So I'm really, I just think there are so many directions to go in with this and that makes me really excited. Mm, Absolutely. I think it will be a joy to see these, I mean, these are really such common texts and to see how as adult authors, um, the kids who we were when we were just budding young readers, um, what we all have in common and how that blossoms. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that'll be fun. And I think the the pairing opportunities with crossing that genre divide of like kid lit and adult contemporary will be, that'll just be a delight. Um, I even think we'll have some opportunities to pair classics with classics. And yeah, it's it's going to be really experimental, which is it, fun. It is. Yeah. We love to try new stuff and this is definitely going to be a bit of a departure for us. We also, when we launched this podcast, we talked about our pairings sort of serving as pairings, right? Books to read alongside these classics, but also sometimes books to read instead of these classics. And our um, our lineup for this, this semester is a lot of books I really really love and were very formative to me. But it's a lot of books by white Western authors. And I know we both are really excited to put those books into conversation with more diverse contemporary middle grade and kid lit. And maybe even upon revisiting some of these, we'll think, hmm, it's not that I won't read fill in the blank classic to Louise one day, but I'm probably going to reach for this more contemporary diverse book first. Mm. So I'm looking forward to um, really increasing my own knowledge in that arena and doing that alongside our listeners. Same. And we have excellent resources to go to. We Need Diverse Books is a fabulous group um, for parents and teachers and just readers who want to keep tabs on the publishing industry and where Kidlet is going in terms of inclusivity and diversity. I think there are so many great conversations ahead of us regarding this topic, um, as well as just about the books themselves and the stories themselves. One more thing before we get into these books. I just, yeah, I our philosophies around reading are ever-changing. We know that we are public readers in the sense that we have a public podcast and we're reading in front of an audience. Um, And we don't take that lightly. And so we're 
excited for this to be a conversation for our entire community to have. And of course, we're open to hearing your ideas. Um, and yeah, we just care really, really deeply about this and about um, how we read. And so I do think that that will be a, a big underlying theme um, over the course of this semester, especially since, Sarah, I know we listened to the Ezra Klein podcast that I feel like is is going to serve um, as such a side text, a supplemental text for us, I think, thinking about how we read, um, even though we're reading children's literature and sometimes it's just fun to read it. It's going to be a big part of, it's always a big part of novel pairings, but it's going to be really evident with these texts. And I think because we don't have to focus on like dissecting the language or, you know, in some ways slogging through Mm -hmm. um, really tough sentence structures that some of the classics have, we can, we can focus our energies a little bit more on that critical piece. So really eager to get into that. Should we talk about books? Yeah, let's talk about the books. And let's say that the other thing that we get to do because we're not slogging through really dense sentences with these books is we're going to be reading at least two books each month instead of one. So we're going going back to our original uh, model of trying to fit in at least two classics a month. However, we're only going to be offering two pairings for each of these books. So that is going to allow us to put out more book discussion episodes on the main feed without overwhelming ourselves with feeling like we need to come up with six pairings each month. So that's where that's our plan. And for our first month of the spring semester, we are reading fantasy in February. So Chelsea, do you want to talk about our February books? I love some alliteration. So (laughs) the first book that we are reading in February is Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. And I remember reading this as a kid, reading it again, maybe as a teen. Um, It's been a long time since I've revisited the text. I remember there being a lot of Alice in Wonderland shows and movies and uh, content to take in as a kid. And so I'm really thrilled to read this with you, Sarah. Um, You've been really excited to read this for a long time. Yeah, it's a really rich text. I I studied this in grad school and wrote wrote one of my like final papers on it and I just think that it, there's so much there. This is also I think a book that allows for and requires conversations about art and artists that I'm sure we'll get into, which I think is an important aspect of reading children's literature these days and uh you know, looking at some of the people who write the books that we (laughs) love and that's important too. Um, But I feel like this book really sets up so much in the world of children's literature and it just feels foundational. And then we're going, we're jumping forward in time quite a bit to read A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Langle. I have some really lovely vintage copies of this series, which I'm excited to pull out. And I, so I read Wrinkle in Time, I think in fifth grade, actually a lot of these 
children's classics. I feel like fifth grade was like the year to read them as I'm looking at some, <laughs> looking ahead at our list. Um, but yeah, I remember reading it in fifth grade and I read it again a few years ago, but I haven't read much Madeline Langle besides. So I'm kind of excited to maybe, well, not necessarily pair this formally on the podcast, but at least for me in my reading, pair it with some of her adult or other work. So A Wrinkle in Time is it's kind of sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. And it's really a seminal text in terms of, um, I feel like not just kids sci-fi, but this one often gets included in some of the more, um, like the upper echelons of the literary sci-fi world. And so I think that kind of crossing over is really going to be interesting to talk about. Um, And it's got a lot to say about religion and philosophy as well. So there are some really deep themes to dig in with A Wrinkle in Time. All right. Well, speaking of religion and philosophy, we're trying something new on the podcast in February as well. We picked two children's classics that are very much in conversation with each other. And we're going to read them both and talk about them together on the podcast. So we're going to read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis and The Golden Compass by Philip Pullman, both uh, the beginnings of um, long series. Um, Pullman was writing his books directly in response to C.S. Lewis, and I've never read them back to back like that. And I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Me too. I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe really specifically in a religious context. I went to Lutheran grade school. And so we read it at school. And of course, the the teaching around it was very like, here are the religious themes. This is a one-for-one parallel with this Bible story that we're reading and et cetera. And I don't know that C.S. Lewis even would have wanted his book read that way. I think he had a much more nuanced idea of writing and religion. I just, I think there's, there's a lot to explore with that, but, um, I certainly shouldn't speak for the man, but (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited to read it in this way. Sarah, did you ever watch the like really old BBC miniseries of the lion, the witch and the wardrobe? It's like seared in my brain. Okay. Not only that, I played Susan in a stage version of the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. So I, I, (laughs) I, um, I agree. That one is really part of my <laughs> my cultural consciousness. Yes. But I love the Golden Compass too, and so I'm I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Well, and so I remember reading the Golden Compass, and then like I kind of wanted to continue with the series, but the the school was kind of like I don't know if we want these in the library. My parents were like, "This is kind of weird," and I don't know that I like want you to keep reading this. And my parents very rarely like did that, um, especially middle school and beyond. So I am really interested to go back and read it with adult eyes and just kind of like see what was going on there. This is going to be like a really rebellious moment for reader Mm -hmm. Chelsea. I love it. Definitely. Um, As far as our events for February, really excited to launch with a lecture. So we are going to have a lecture that revolves a lot um, 
around what we were talking about at the top of this episode, we're going to have a lecture on reading children's literature with a literary lens. So when we talk about critical analysis and reading deeply and finding themes and making connections, that's what we mean when we're talking about reading with a literary lens. And we're going to talk specifically about how to do that in children's literature. So if you've been around for some of our literary lens classes, Um, This one, I think, is going to be a really fun exploration of how it can be applied specifically in the kid-lit realm. All right. Moving into March, we're going to be reading some classics uh, of children's literature that are historical fiction. And this was maybe my, my real favorite genre as a young reader. Those like Dear America and Royal Diaries books. We're mm-hmm. not going to be exploring those, but we will refer you to our friend Allie at the SSR podcast. She does a great job covering those. But we are going to be reading some great children's historical fiction in March. Oh, yeah. I was totally obsessed. I just want to also put out there for everyone we will release an anticipated spring books episode. Oh, yes. This month as well. How could I forget? forget (laughs) Um, Very exciting. I know a lot of our listeners really look forward to those episodes, so I do want to share. We'll have some some seasonal reads for you. But we are going to start our historical fiction with Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. Uh, This is by Mildred Taylor. Such a good book. I do remember reading this one in school maybe in book circles. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm, I'm eager to revisit it. And this is, I mean, does, was this a Newbery winner too? I feel like a lot of the kids historical fiction, Newbery loves the historical fiction. I think it was, but I, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> Could look it up. <laughs> Don't look it up. We'll or- <laughs> get there. We'll get there in March. <laughs> what else are we reading in March, Sarah? We're going to read Catherine Called Birdie by Karen Cushman, um, which now I'm like really wishing I got I need to go to my mom's and see if I have my classic cover because, of course, mm. there's a new movie tie in cover, which is terrible. I'm, I've heard I the know. movie is fantastic, but the, the cover is not. Um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I I don't remember Catherine Called Birdie particularly well. It and the cover for The Midwife's Apprentice really, maybe those are even by the, by the same author. They get blurred they in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I'm, remember really enjoying this one. And I think it's fun to, it's always fun to read something where an adaptation has recently come out or is about to come out. I remember this one in tandem with all of the Dear America. Yeah kind of the Royal Diaries because of the format, I'm sure. It was when I was just devouring all of those epistolary format, diary format, historical fiction books that I loved so much. They were so good. Yeah, those are, (laughs) those are so fun. Uh, We might have to just each read a few of those just for fun (laughs) as we're doing this. Um, Yeah. And then over on Patreon, we're going to be having a seminar in March. So seminars are where um, Chelsea and I present a little bit during like almost a mini lesson over over Zoom. Um, We have some common texts, either articles or books that we're discussing, but then we have a discussion. So um, it's 
more than, it's broader than a book club, but very similar to the way a book club runs. And our March seminar is Should Grownups Read Twilight? Discussing the Role of Children's Lit in the Adult Reader's Life. And I'm excited about this because I just, I I remember during the Twilight craze, there were lots of disparaging articles about how sad it was that adult women were reading Twilight. And then there were response articles about how young adult fiction is awesome to read for adult readers. And I'm really curious uh, about how that conversation has evolved since Twilight and what our community has to say about it. Yes. And obviously, we're reading children's classics as an entire season. So our stance is pretty clear. We do think (laughs) that um, you should go back to Kidlet and read some YA and explore, explore those you know, genres for younger readers. But I think that our discussion is going to be incredibly nuanced as it always is. We do have a lot of teachers in our community, but we also have um, just people in every field and life circumstance. We have everyone from like recent graduates to grandparents. And so I think that it's going to offer a really rich discussion of reading, reading Kidlet. So yeah, I'm excited about that one. Our last seminar was so fun and went really well. And so uh, I'm excited to have that format again. And then in April, we're focusing on orphans and scamps. And listeners, I think you're going to be really excited about about some of the orphans and scamps we're going to hang out with in April. So first up, we have The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain, which I basically have been dying to get on the podcast since we started it, not because I like this book, but because I really don't like it. And I have some great pairings for it. it I might, ha- mm-hmm. I will probably have to do more than two for this episode <laughs> because I have so many books that I want to share that I feel like would be essential to teach alongside or instead of Huck Finn. And I can't wait to talk about them. Yeah. But you, I- and you, you like this book. Um, I don't know. So I, read quite a bit of Mark Twain as a kid. And I actually, I really liked um, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer mm-hmm. uh, and some of his short stories. And then I speci- I remember sophomore year of high school, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn was on our curriculum. Um, and this is a school of mostly white, pretty well-off kids. Um uh, and the teacher presented the final project of having a debate as to whether or not the book should be taught because of its use of the N-word and like assigned people to teams. This is a very common activity the yeah. teachers do with this book and just stop it. Okay, don't do this. And then in college, I in one of my American literature classes, we read it. So I read it again in college. So I do have a lot of experience reading the book. Um, My professor in college had some interesting opinions, um, sort of like trying to redeem the book. Um, And so I'm, I'm eager to dig into this scholarship with fresh eyes. So, um, It's not that I'm, like, fond of this book, but I do think Mark Twain is really fun to read. He's Um, a great writer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But 
this book is also really like fun to tear apart. And I agree that we should not be <laughs> we should not be reading, reading or promoting it in schools. But I think that's part of what makes it a fun podcast episode. We don't Maybe we like, rarely get to pan a book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it'll be it's always we'll get there. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it's always um, a great conversation to see a few merits, especially in like the writing and mm-hmm. especially with a writer who has way more options that you could choose to read instead of this one right. and to be able to like pan it. And maybe we'll even have to do a Patreon episode that's just even more books to read instead of Huck Finn <laughs> because yeah. there are so many. All right, Chelsea, who's our next little orphan? Oh gosh. So we've since we started the podcast, we've been getting many requests for this book, but here it is. We're going to read Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. We have read L.M. Montgomery on the podcast. We read The Blue Castle, uh, but we're going to go back and read Anne. I was, so I don't think I ever brought this up when we were planning our episodes, Sarah, but I was kind of going back and forth in my mind about whether we should read Anne or read Emily. Oh, really? I I didn't know that. Um, just because I think the Emily of New Moon books, there are some readers who love those even more than they love Anne, but Mm -hmm. I think Anne is more widely read as far as Kidlet is concerned. So I think we made the right choice, but I was kind of looking at my Ellen Montgomery shelf like, "Mm -hmm. should we be a little bit different and read Emily? No. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe another time. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like people would be, um maybe rioting if we did another L.M. Montgomery. That wasn't Anne. Anne. I mean, I, I know that people, that Emily is also beloved, but since we've already covered another L.M. Mm-hmm. Montgomery, I feel like we have to, we have to give Anne her due. Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to, to this one for sure. Me too. And then, I'm also really looking forward to the next one, Sarah. Oh yeah, me too. I love this book so much. Um three books in April because we couldn't help ourselves. (laughs) We are reading from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil or Basil. I'm not sure. E. Frank Weiler by E.L. Konigsberg, who was one of my favorite authors as a kid. I mean, I feel like I only know that looking back. Like I wasn't Mm -hmm. um, like with it enough to be like, oh, I've, I've loved all of these books and they're all written by the same author, but that is the case. And um, this book is so fun and I have not reread it as an adult, so I can't wait to do that. I haven't reread it as an adult either, but do you think about it every single time you visit a museum? Yes. 100%. Or really any place cool. I'm like, could I yeah. hide in the bathroom <laughs> and spend the night here? <laughs> like furniture stores or, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Imprinted for uh-huh. sure. We have another lecture. So we're going to talk about the hero's journey. Our lecture is from Alice to Amari, the hero's journey in children's fiction. So we have referenced the hero's journey a couple times on the podcast. We haven't done any deep dives into it. I think this is another area where we can really deconstruct Western ideology and talk about some wider worldwide perspectives. Um, in terms of the hero's journey and structures of storytelling, which I'm really excited about. Uh, but just talking about some really common patterns in kidlet and some 
common tropes and themes that revolve around adventure and uh, what really hooks kids on a story, I think is going to be fun to explore. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that. All right. And then in May, uh, as Chelsea assured you in um, March that we'd be doing anticipated spring books, I'll assure you that in May, we will be releasing our anticipated buzzy summer books episode. I There are already... There are already books I'm looking forward to in summer 2023, so mm-hmm. that's going to be a big, buzzy episode, just brimming with good books. So that yeah. will be coming out. And then our theme for our classics is books in translation. And our first book is Inkheart by Cornelia Funk, which I picked up at tattered cover because it was on the staff picks display. And when I just kind of like threw that title out as like, there's this book I hadn't really heard of, you were like, oh, I love that book. And so it was meant to be. Yeah. This was one of my reading under the covers with the flashlight to finish it at three in the morning books when I was a kid. I loved it so much. And I didn't know that it was a book in translation when I read it back then. But it is. It's translated from German. Oh, gosh, this book is so good. I'm really excited to reread it because I haven't picked it up uh, since I was younger. And oh, it's so good. And it's such a love letter to books, which those are always fun to read. So and then our other book in translation for May, um, I found through a little bit of research, but had never heard of it before. Sarah, do you want to intro our other May book? Yeah, it is another love letter to books. So I feel like this is just going to be the perfect way to finish off our semester. Two books that were not written in the U.S. or Great Britain um, that are all about the power of reading books as a young person. Our last book is The Wild Book by Juan Villaro. I am so glad that you found this one. The cover, the cover is just so delightful. Um, with two children and their cats standing on a big stack of books that are taking flight. I don't need to know anything else about it. Mm-mm. I am really looking forward to picking up this one. It's translated from the Spanish. And the author is described as a Mexican literary legend. So this is one of those books that I feel like maybe for for some readers who are listening, you're like, oh yeah, of course, love that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me, I had no idea. So um, it's always fun to bring that kind of book um, into our lives personally and onto the podcast. And then in May, we will close out our semester with Office Hours, which we did this past season. And it's an opportunity for us to just kind of tie up any loose ends from themes and topics and little research deep dives that we were exploring through the semester, an opportunity for you to ask us questions about the content that we've put out, and also just personal questions and reading questions and book recommendations. And we get to answer those in kind of an Ask Us Anything style. it was, it was really fun last time. So I'm excited to do that event again. Uh, and I just, I don't know, Sarah, every time that I talk about like our lectures or seminars or office hours, it makes me feel super academic and just warm and cozy in our little novel pairings university community that we've built. 
Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, it was really fun to kick off our new kind of format and um, and course ser- class series in the fall when everybody was feeling really academic and scholarly. But it's nice to be continuing it into the spring with those cozy feelings. And we really, we were excited to spend spring reading these books with all of you, our listeners on the main feed and with our Patreon community, our Classics Club. We would love to see you all at our live online events this spring. Our Patreon community is so much more than just bonus episodes and book talk. Of course, those are fabulous too, but... We are learning to be better, more critical, and thorough readers of classic and contemporary literature. That is our mission. That is what we love to do together in community. And we love discussing books and reading with all of you. So we hope you'll join our group of nerdy readers at patreon.com slash novel pairings. We opened up annual subscriptions, and so those are now available at a discounted price. For announcements and important updates from us, go ahead and subscribe to novelpairings.substack.com. That is a great place to go where you'll get updated on things that our Patreon community is doing, what's coming up on the public main feed, and it's just it's the best way to get like calendars and reminders. So again, that's novelpairings.substack.com, and of course, make sure you're following us at novelpairingspod on Instagram. Thank you for writing such sweet reviews for our show. Those fresh words boost novel pairings in the Apple podcast algorithm so new literary listeners can find us. If you haven't taken the time to write a few words about why you love novel pairings, please do so as we enter the new year and set goals for reaching more listeners. Thank you to Miles Eichner and Mark Anderson for our theme music. Next time, we'll be back to share our community's best books of 2022. Until then, we declare after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book. Mm-hmm.